cliffcentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the cliffcentral.com website where there's a show for you. Central.com. It is Friday morning. This is Unradio. This is Unscripted. And this is Uncensored Sex Talk with John T. Searle. I'm all alone in the studio, but I think Tamar is with us on Skype. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Good. Are you having a good time in Israel? I am. I am. And I have Wi Fi, which is phenomenal. Oh, very good. <laughs> And I'm sure I'm you're a lot. Jonesy. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm sure you're a lot warmer than we are here. Woo! It's eighty percent humid and thirty-two degrees. Wow! Well, we are nowhere <laughs> near that today. It's the right. It's the right temperature for great sex, John. Mm. Any yeah. temperature is the right temperature for great sex. If it's too cold, I'm not exactly sure. No, but, uh, then there's different things to do. Hmm. So Eskimo sex. Eskimo sex. <laughs> okay, let us do this is a good way to start. Ninja sex. Chocolate starfish. Twitter bag. Calipagian. Today's dirty dictionary word is Hygrophilia. Dirty Dictionary Word Hygrophilia So message us on 079-748-2090 And tell us what you think Hygrophilia is H-Y-G-R-O Any ideas, hmm. Tamar? I would like to say that it's something about moisture But I don't know <laughs> Okay, well, you're definitely, you're definitely on the right track. Okay. Definitely on the right path. If you like to live in moist places, like in a, like always stick your hand in a vagina or in an anus. Or, uh. mm, mm, okay. I'm kind of <laughs> getting there. Okay. So message us on 079-748-2090, WhatsApp. And let us know what you think hygrophilia is. Hmm. So we're going to talk this morning about exceptional sex. And this came from a new workshop that I have created, teaching you how to have exceptional sex. Which is basically every person's dream. Yes, and it's a really worthwhile pursuit. Hmm. How to have exceptional sex. So we taught this in Cape Town last week for the first time. And mm. it was really fantastic. 
And I'm going to share some of that with you this morning on how to have exceptional sex. So your comments and questions are so welcome, and we will answer them and help you have exceptional sex, which is really fantastic. How generous of you, Jumpy. Just to, just like that, offer people to have exceptional sex. Well, they've got to do it on their own. Because <laughs> uh, I am at the stage very spoken for. But um, you can have the most awesome sex. So there's some mm. ideas that help this. And the first thing to understand is that sexual technique is important, but it's just a doorway into a whole lot of things. So a lot of people tend to think the more that I learn about technique, the better sex I'm going to have. And by itself, that becomes an enormous limitation because that's about being robotic and being very technical. And it takes a lot of the art of sex away. And beyond that, there are some very interesting new ideas that have come out, particularly about women's pleasure based on some connections with anatomy that have never been made before that change the way that we look at sex and particularly at female sexuality. So the first idea and the first principle is really important. It's one of the most basic ideas about having exceptional sex but it's so so important so the way that we have sex is generally in a pattern with expectation the expectation is the path that our sexual experiences follow and secondly the way it's going to end so we have put one criterion on successful Sex, which is orgasm. Now, orgasms are wonderful, and you can have a lot of different types of orgasm. You can have many different orgasmic experiences. And I spend a lot of time <clears throat> teaching and helping people how to have orgasms and healing the blockages that prevent people having orgasms. But orgasm by itself is sometimes a trap and a limitation, simply because if there is one ending for sex and one standard by which we judge our sexual experiences, we narrow the field of possibilities enormously. And one of the ideas about having exceptional sex, one of the really important principles of this, is that there are so many more possibilities once we get past the idea of orgasm. So have orgasms. But if that's all that we're doing, and if we're having sex just to have orgasms, we cut down the most amazing possibilities of pleasure. So sex <clears throat> is about pleasure, not about orgasm. And this is where we start to expand into greater sexual possibilities, deeper levels of pleasure, and different experiences of pleasure. So orgasm simply becomes a trap. Now this is much more um, set in men because an orgasm for a man is pretty much guaranteed every time he has sex. So from the time you started 
playing with yourself at whatever age that was, as a man, you had an orgasm. So we link sex and orgasm. This becomes a pattern in our body. It's a neural pathway that gets set. And when we have a sexual experience that does not include orgasm, we don't know what to do with this. So the first level of feeling with this often is one of frustration. That's where I should be going. So there's a judgment. And then because your body is so used to having that orgasm and it doesn't happen, we don't know what to do with that. We don't know where to put it. So the mindset needs to be different. And it needs to be a very conscious choice to make that different. And even when we start having sex in a different way with a different idea, we end up going towards orgasm. So essentially, it becomes the same experience, even though we have a different starting point. So the more conscious we can become, which means that we create the experience, we decide how we're going to do something, we decide what that involves. That means communication with a partner, and it means staying focused on what we're doing, staying connected to where we're going, not allowing the body all of a sudden to take over and then that rush to orgasm happens and then we've lost, even if we started out with a different idea. So we need to be very, very conscious of that. This is easier for women, firstly because a lot of women do not have orgasms during penetration and sex for women can be incredibly pleasurable without an orgasm. The other thing that orgasm does is it forces us into a performance. There has to be a performance and there's pressure. So I have to make you come as a woman. And then we all have to buy into this idea of performance. And if I do that, I get to wear a Superman t-shirt the next day and everybody is happy. But this puts a lot of pressure on everybody because what do we have to do to make that happen? So often, orgasm becomes a struggle. It's the thing that we have to achieve. And <gasps> when we've made that happen, everybody can kind of relax. With a different mindset, you can relax into pleasure without having to have an orgasm. And the interesting thing with that is the more that we can relax into pleasure, the more we can enjoy the experience, the feelings, the sensations, the emotions that are happening in the moment, the more orgasms tend to happen by themselves without us pursuing them. So when we've struggled to have orgasms, because of the way that our body works, when we don't have orgasms, there's a neural pathway that gets set in place that limits the pleasure and the experience that we do have. Because when you have not had an orgasm once, you've not had an orgasm twice, you've not had an orgasm three times, that pattern gets set in your body. And as soon as you're in a position, a physical position of having sex, your body kicks that pathway in and it becomes harder and harder to achieve that. So getting out of that goal is one of the most important things in having exceptional sex. Then comes the idea of actually 
planning something and coming together in a very specific way to make this happen. Now, a lot of people struggle with this idea simply because we think it's all supposed to be spontaneous. It's all supposed to happen wonderfully and with absolute flow and we know what's happening and we know how it's going to happen. We don't. And the lives that we live tend to be really busy. So very often in relationship and with the lives that we live and with family, with kids, with all these sorts of things, we get into bed late at night and we're really tired and our sex ends up being often a little quickie and the idea of that is orgasm so we can fall asleep. So you can have as many of those experiences as you like, but when you want something different to happen, it needs a level of planning. And if you think about other aspects of life, we plan that. So food is really important to me. I enjoy eating. I really enjoy cooking. So when you're going to cook something new, there's a recipe. You follow the recipe to some extent. You plan for it. You need to get certain ingredients. You need to look at the time it takes to cook something. So one of the principles of exceptional sex is based on something that I talk about quite a lot, and it's comparing sex to the different ways that we eat. So let's start out with junk food sex. All that junk food sex does is it fills your belly. It fulfills a need. There's often no nutritional value in it, and it satisfies us, and that's what we do. Yeah. When we get to... Fast food sex, which can be nutritional, that's the quickies and they're wonderful. And then there's comfort food sex. It's that you know each other, you know your bodies, you know what feels really good. And we simply relax into that. And it's a, it's a gentle, it's a beautiful experience. Gourmet sex and exceptional sex are linked. They're the same thing. We plan and we need to learn about sex for these kind of experiences to happen. We need yeah. to communicate what would we like to experience. And this is where we get to the mix between the science and the art of sex. Mm-hmm. So the science is learning about each other's bodies. It's learning about technique. It's learning about sexual energy. It's learning about communication. And then mm-hmm. it's deciding on an experience And the entry point for exceptional sex in this way becomes the heart rather than the genitals. And Mm -hmm. things change here radically because when it's just genitally oriented or that's the starting point, that's based purely on arousal. That's true. Nothing else. Purely on arousal. So what happens... When that physical arousal is not Mm. there, then we can't have sex. That's the limitation that we put on our sexual experience. That is a very beautiful way to put it. I just, it clicked. So as soon as the heart is present and the heart becomes the entry point, worlds of possibility open. And then it's not always about that orgasm or that race to orgasm. It's about being present. It's about feeling. So exceptional sex covers 
this whole range of possibilities which says if you want to have fast food sex, which is literally let's fucking come and then that's fantastic. That's wonderful if that's what you're looking for. But if Mm -hmm. you're looking for something else or you'd like to have a different experience and you have something else, it's always unfulfilling. Something is lacking. So being clear within ourselves on what we would like to experience becomes really important. And that takes further pressure away. So one of the things with exceptional sex is thinking about the reasons that you have sex. And there was a study done a while ago at uh, the top universities in America, all the Ivy League, all the Ivy League colleges. And people were asked, why do they have sex? And it came out with something like 250 clear reasons why people have sex. Yeah. So if you think about the reasons for having sex and why you're having sex at that moment, that's really important. And that allows you to create experiences that will be fulfilling. So if you go around a room with people... For example, we did that at the workshop last week, and people said they have sex to have orgasms. Okay, if that's the kind Mm. of sex that you're having, then how do you get there? How do you make that happen in the most fulfilling way? If you're having sex to connect, think about that. If your reason for having sex is to feel connected with your partner, to feel intimate, to feel your relationship then orgasm is not necessarily a part of that. So relax. Take the idea of orgasm out of the equation. And let your sex be loving. Let it be intimate. And then you can relax into it. You can be present. And this is one of the other principles of exceptional sex is being present. Then you're feeling the emotions, the feelings, the sensations. You are where you are. You're connected. Mm. And that allows for a fulfilled experience. So there's no judgment on any of the experiences that you'd like to have. Whether it's very orgasm-oriented, whether it's a spiritual experience. And I have an interesting new take on what spiritual sex is, which we'll come to in a little bit. But... It doesn't matter what it is. Just be clear on what it is that you'd like to have. And that becomes exceptional because it's fulfilling. You know, again, if we use the food analogy and you go out to eat, but you can't decide what you'd like to eat. So you go from place to place. I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want this. This doesn't feel right. And as soon as you decide what you want, wow, that's exciting. And immediately that's exceptional. So exceptional is not about this judgment of this huge experience. It's about being fulfilled. Hmm. And that's, that's really important because then we're present. And it's often not about this huge big experience that we keep chasing. Which once again puts pressure on us. So to say to yeah. your lover, I want to have exceptional sex with you today, there's pressure. 
So the idea of exceptional sex is a little paradoxical, which says, what would be the most fulfilling thing for us today? And then let's relax into that. So interesting question that we have is, how do I take orgasm out of the menu? It's really simple. Have a discussion and say, let's be in the moment with whatever it is that we're doing. And if orgasm happens, that's fine. And if it doesn't, it's just as fine. And that's simply how you do it. To say, we are not chasing orgasm. And the goal of our experience together is intimacy or connection, not orgasm. Second question that came through is, what else is there? There is a limitless world of pleasure. And the more the heart becomes the entry point, the more we start to see what there is. The second quality that's really important in discovering what else there is, is curiosity. Curiosity takes the judgment away from an experience. Curiosity takes us out of the goal of orgasm. And curiosity says, let's feel something different. So if we try a different position, if we try a different idea, and let's do that simply for the curiosity to see how this feels, that's where something starts to become different. And we get out of the goal. So the question coming from that is, doesn't all this communication take the fun part out of having sex? Yes and no. So the more that we're present and the more that we see sex as fun, the more it will be. But we've made it so serious, often because of that goal of orgasm. And because we don't communicate, we are unfulfilled. Where women don't say what it is that they like and what they would like to experience. Men don't have a space to listen to that. And when their partner wants something different, they don't always know what that is. So nobody communicates. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't always mean that there's communication in the moment. And the more that we see sex as fun and as play and as light, the more fun we will have. But we need the communication in the beginning because we don't have it. And that's one of the biggest yeah. problems is we're not communicating openly. Yeah. So curiosity is such an important part then of having exceptional experiences because let's see what this feels like and let's see where it goes, where it takes us and let's be willing to kind of go down the rabbit hole and see where we land up. So we need some communication for that. So part of exceptional sex is communication yeah. So let's look at two different ways that you can do this. The first is communication that is guided by the receiver, which means you what are, does that mean? It means you are going to do something to mm -hmm. your partner and they are going to guide you on what it is that they ah. like. There are eight magic words 
for sexual communication. <laughs> the eight magic words are harder, faster, slower, softer, left, right, up, down. Romantic. <laughs> Romantic. But those are some of the most important words. But you know, what you just said there, Tamar, is indicative of some of the biggest sexual issues. Because we think it's supposed to be romantic, mm. but we don't know how to make that happen because the model for that that we have, the media and movies, give us this idea that we are supposed to know how that all happens. Mm. It's yeah. fantasy. It's bullshit. Because until we sit down and say, this is what I like, and this is what I would like to experience today, that's where everything about it starts to change. And we only know that if we communicate. And it's a really simple thing that we had in my relationship yesterday. We were in the kitchen yesterday afternoon. We were talking, and we were going to make peanut butter toast. Really simple little thing. We've never made peanut butter toast together before. So we had out macadamia nut butter and we had peanut butter and we had cashew nut butter and we had this amazingly delicious marmalade that we <laughs> bought in Cape Town. And the question was, how thickly do you like the nut butter on the toast and how much marmalade do you like? <laughs> so as soon as I ask her and she asks me, we can make toast for each other that is going to be really good toast. We get what we want. Hmm. The romance so, is actually hmm. in saying, how would you like your toast? Not I'm expected to know. Yeah. The romance is in saying, how would you like it? How can we make it in the way that is best for you and the way that is best for me? That's romance. So mm -hmm. we've been given this idea of romance, which is absolute nonsense. It has nothing to do with romance. Creativity is the new romance because once you are creative, then magic happens anyway. But it needs to be in the guidelines of communication, of understanding, of really real deep desire to know who's the other person. That's it. And that becomes exceptional all by itself. Mm. Then the technique that we have and everything else that we think about that becomes a natural part of that. It's not a forced part of it. But we have to learn because to have exceptional sex and exceptional relationships is both an art and a skill like any other part of life. So if you think about whatever work that you do, you're learning all the time in that. You're developing new skills. And, you know, there's all this management jargon and work jargon, upskill. Somebody sent me an email the other day. He wants to come and learn massage to upskill his hands for his wife. <laughs> so my first thought to that is talk English. I mean, it doesn't matter what language that you use, but like talk human language. Upskill your hands. It's a wonderful expression. <laughs> and it's great. Absolutely. And the desire to learn to please your wife is fantastic. 
But what's the agenda? <laughs> okay, whatever it might be. But the simple thing is when we want to learn something, we're learning skills. And sex is no yeah. different. And the biggest part of that is communication. And a lot of people do not have fulfilled sex. More people, according to some studies, you know, the average figure for women not having orgasms is something like between 60 and 75%, pick a study, who are not having orgasms. But here's an interesting thing that I wrote and said last week. Just because you're having orgasms does not mean you are having fulfilled sex. Profound. Because orgasm is that goal. And often it's more this, we've reached this, now we can stop. That's enough. And often that's more a physical experience than anything else. So do I have enough skill? Do I have enough patience? Do I have enough endurance? Do I know how to touch you enough, lick you enough, do whatever it is enough to bring you to orgasm instead of where's the emotional connection? And if sex is just for orgasm, that's fine. Then learn how to have the best orgasms you can, the most powerful orgasms you can. Absolutely. And learn about different orgasms. Fantastic. But if it's only about orgasm, there's a simple guarantee that it is going to get boring. Sure. Because that takes a certain amount of energy. It takes a certain amount of effort. It takes a certain amount of time. And then that's all that we do. It's like reading the same book again and again and again and again. And that's all that you have to read. When we start expanding that, we get into the most amazing possibilities. And communication is one of the most important aspects of this. The next principle for exceptional sex is fun. It's got to be fun. It's got to be play. Hmm. Absolutely. There's no question of that. So when it's about orgasm, once again, we take that very seriously. Did you come? And was it good? And how many times did you come? And all of these things. (laughs) Get out of that. (laughs) You You know, as adults, when we play, our games are very serious. And there are winners and there are losers and there are rules and often there are expensive toys. So sex is kind of the same. We have all these rules inside of us of what we will and won't do, of who we are sexually, the labels that we put on ourselves as sexual beings. So part of having exceptional sex is drop the labels. There's a couple I've been working with in my practice. And yesterday they walked in and were talking about all of these things that they have never done before and were convinced that they would never do and now all of a sudden can't get enough of. Their definition of themselves as sexual beings changed. Mm. And that opened the door to exploring things that they never thought they would before. And all of a sudden, they find that they're enjoying these amazing things. 
How did they manage to drop the labels, though, Junti? It was a process of looking mm. at their sexuality, at the patterns that they had lived with, at the limitations, the experiences, the blockages that were there. And over time, we worked through releasing all of these. Okay. And as they worked through this, they were able to shift that to the point of sitting down and saying, wow. And all of a sudden, who they are as sexual being changes and what they do changes. Pleasure expands. And who they thought they were is actually quite different to who they are. So, exceptional sex is very much about being connected. And that means, once again, communicating what it is that we want on any given day. And the fact that what we want today is not necessarily what we wanted yesterday, and it's going to be different from what we want tomorrow. Because it's about being in the moment based on how we are feeling. Yeah. And the more that we can get in touch with that, the more we can create experiences that allow that to be fulfilled and expressed. So exceptional sex is about expressing all of the different aspects of ourselves. Because within us and within our sexuality and sensuality is an incredible and incredibly wide range of who we are, probably more so than in any other aspect of life. So a lot of life for most of us is quite one-dimensional. When you think about work, which is an enormous part of people's lives, they do things that are, are not that widely spread in various jobs. When it comes yeah. to sex, there Same are thing. so many different parts of us to express. But I have to go inside of myself first to start identifying them, to start knowing them. To start seeing who am I? Yeah. And when something comes up about my sexuality that I find a little bit scary, that I find challenging, that really kind of goes, <gasps> What's that? Those are the paths that we need to follow. So we have to go beyond the judgment that we have put on ourselves of what we do and what we don't do. And who we are. And if I do this and if I say this, what is he going to think of me? What is she going to think of me? And that goes a lot to sexual authenticity. That mm. I need to be able to express all of the different parts of myself. Because if I can't, then there's simply suppression. And if I'm suppressing that, I am going to suppress myself emotionally. I am going to get frustrated. And that comes out as anger. And that comes out as shutting myself off and shutting myself down. Sure. Or if I can't have that in my relationship, I'm going to go and find it somewhere else that can be destructive. But if we're communicating, we can start to create possibilities. From a physical point of view, one of the most important elements of exceptional sex is to slow down. 
I thought you were going to say being fit. <laughs> fit. Oh, yes. Listen, to have really high level, especially fire sex, if you are not fit and supple, forget it. You cannot get there. Interesting thing, by the way, there are some <laughs> very clear links in men between muscle weakness, lower back muscle weakness, hamstring muscle weakness, pelvic floor muscle weakness, and erection and ejaculation problems. Sounds reasonable. So if somebody is very sedentary, for example, if they are sitting on a chair all day in front of a computer, which more and more people do, and they are not exercising, and they are overweight, those are two of the major factors in erection and ejaculation problems. Mm. So the physical aspect of that is really important. And if you do want to have really exceptional and expanded sex, which often would be for an extended time period. And if you want to have real fire sex, if you are not fit and you are not supple, you cannot do that. Full stop. And I'll tell you the, deg- I'll tell you the degree that this can go to. A couple came to see me a few years ago, and he had put on a lot of weight. And the only way they could really have sex anymore was if she was on top of him. And she was getting increasingly unsatisfied, and eventually it led to them splitting up because she was not fulfilled. And he sat down and he said, I'm not really going to lose the weight that she wants me to. And that was the major factor in their marriage ending. So one part of exceptional sex is sensation. Now, when we're struggling towards orgasm, and that rush towards orgasm is happening, we miss out on so much sensation. And what we allow ourselves to feel in terms of sensation often is scratching the surface. And you started saying, John, to regarding slowness, to go slow? Yeah. So as soon as you slow down and sometimes even stop, That's when you can feel what the sensations are. When there's continuous sensation that's changing all the time, because that's what we feel we need to do during sex. We need to keep doing different things. And there was such a wonderful example of this. It was during a yoni massage workshop. There was a couple lying there. He was sitting in between her legs. I had done a demonstration of the yoni massage, and now everybody was doing it. And this couple did not communicate. So she would move a little bit, and he moved. And she would move (laughs) a little bit, and he moved. Oh, that's frustrating. (coughs) And she moved a little bit, and he moved. And I could just see this tension building in her body. She was moving to get him to the right place. But he didn't know this, and she couldn't tell him. So they were in this pattern of frustration. And as soon as I saw this, and I went up to them, and I said to her, what would you like to tell him right now? And she said, I'm going to move to get to the place where I feel the most stimulation, and I want you to stay where you are. And he looked around And he took a breath, and literally in that moment, their relationship changed. Sure. That's how powerful it can be. So think about this. Do this on your own. Do it now. 
Stroke your hand any way you like. Stroke your palm. Do it slowly. Do it gently. Do it hard. Do it fast. Do it whatever you want. Just stroke your palm for a couple of seconds and be Mm -hmm. aware of the intensity of sensation. And now stop. And now feel what happens. When you stop is when you mostly feel more. So, in terms of sex, when we're inside somebody, it's the same thing. We feel that we have to move, and when somebody's inside of us, we have to move. And it's almost like this biological thing your hips start moving. Firstly, move really, really slowly, which opens worlds of sensation for both of you. And secondly, when you stop, you feel because all of the sensation that you've been building up spreads through your whole body. And it becomes a much bigger experience. And that's where you start to discover layers, nuances, subtlety. It becomes a very different experience. But it takes place, Janti, it's a place of it's a place of also extreme, I don't know, uncomfortableness in the beginning, uh, you know, dash slash uh, vulnerability. But it's a place that we don't know if we don't lie there and scream and say, "Oh yeah, it's so good, you're amazing," or whatever we were kind of programmed to do. It feels very uncomfortable in the beginning. Yeah, and somebody just sent in a question about that: that when you go slow, it feels vulnerable. Yes, it does. But think about. Where is your response coming from? How much of your response is coming from porn? How much of your response is coming from what you think your partner wants to hear? (laughs) Because if I tell him that he's really fucking me awesomely, then he's going to feel really good. So whose ego are you fulfilling there? Mm. If it's a natural response, yes. And I talk about this a lot. Scream and shout and make noise. Absolutely. But are you making these noises because they're real? Are you making them to make somebody else feel good? Or are you making them because that's what they do in porn? Yeah. And yes, you have to be vulnerable. You want to have exceptional sex. If you are not willing to be vulnerable, you will never have exceptional sex you will never have exceptional relationships you will never have exceptional intimacy and you will never really know what love is that's a big one that's a big one but without that because we're we're never going to go anywhere else yeah you know, it's a place that it's just, it's a big question for me to ask myself, every person to ask, that we're having sex, is it important to us or are we just ticking a box to be good at it or to satisfy our partner or to be cool or whatever the case may be? Are we really interested in having better sex? Are we really making time? Are we really digging in, being curious? Are we? Is it really important or we just want to tick the box? Well, it's an important question to ask. And 
you know, part of the reasons to look at, at why you have sex is, am I doing it to keep the peace in my relationship? Am I doing it to keep him or her happy? Am I doing it for calmness? Am I having sex because it's a release of stress? Am I doing it because I'm expected to and it's my duty? And if you're doing it for a reason that is essentially a contractive reason, that's not about love, that's not about expansion, and that's not about you being fulfilled, ultimately you're creating a space within yourself of incredible ill health, ill emotional health, physical health, spiritual health, and ill energy. So it becomes a really big question. And if you're having sex just for somebody else's stress release. That's dangerous. What is that saying about you? That so many people are doing that. And when you think about what's really important. Is that deep connection and intimacy and love and pleasure important to you? And if it's not, you have to ask, why not? And it's not saying that everybody needs to be doing this, because that immediately puts pressure. But being honest and open and authentic is exceptional. Do you think, Jonti, is it important as a person to really at least be honest with yourself and say, okay, I'm having sex because I really think my wife owes me my orgasms? And I want more sex. You said it yourself that people come to you often and they just say, I want to have more sex. But what they really say, it's not what they're really saying. No, they're not. Because it's much harder to be honest. Yeah, and it's much, isn't it? The question is important not to, you know, not to be angry with yourself or to judge yourself if your answer is, I want to have more sex or I want to, my wife owes me my orgasm. At least you admit it. Yeah, and from there, you can start to do something. So, in relationships, and particularly when couples come and see me, for example, and we start getting honest, it's difficult. There's no question of that. It creates enormous upheaval. And some things that are said are incredibly painful to be heard and incredibly difficult to say them. But it comes down to what it is that we want. Why are you in a relationship? Are you in a relationship just because it's a safe space? That's pretty mediocre. Are you in a relationship because it gives you security? If that's the case, how much of yourself can you be in that relationship? And the bigger question of that is, then what is your life about for you? What is your life purpose? Is growth, is expansion, is healing important to you? If it's not, and you want to live this life of somebody else, then do that, absolutely. But what are we doing with our world then? What are we doing with our lives? What are we teaching our children? Are we teaching them that it's okay to live like that? Are we teaching them it's okay not to be authentic? Are we teaching them it's okay not to have the most amazing life and adventure that they can have? 
Because when we do that, essentially we're teaching them to be sheep. Because hmm. it's somebody else's expectation. And it's somebody yes. else's life. It's not mine. Isn't it a, the, a, a real art to try and be honest and still be truthful about who you are, your authenticity, to have exceptional sex, you have to really, you have to establish real communication, that you have to be extremely honest, but also somehow not to expect your partner to understand everything and have patience. It's a delicate uh, system. Yes, it is. And it's not an easy answer, and it's not a simple one, two, three answer. So, you know, a lot of, of kind of self-help things say, this is the system. This is the way it's going to work. You follow these steps, everything is going to be there. It's not. And it's not so easy, and it's a journey, and it's a constant journey. But if you're willing to make the journey, to start out on it, it becomes absolutely incredible exploration. Is it always easy? No, it's not. There's a wonderful saying from a great spiritual teacher called Adyashanti that says, Enlightenment is not about happiness. Enlightenment is a destructive process. It takes away all the illusions that we have to see what's real. Exceptional sex and exceptional relationships are exactly the same thing. Yeah, it's just another aspect of your life. Yeah. So we've got an interesting message here. You've just answered a question I didn't know I had. I was seeing someone and we had such energy in the office. And when we got to having sex, it was just a hookup thing. And we knew what we expected out of it, as you call it, junk sex. And when feelings started to develop, we sort of fell into having junk sex and didn't feel it bad. It was just not as fulfilling. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. There's no judgment. Just be clear for yourself. And if that's the kind of sex that you want to have and that you're happy with, okay. But if you want something more, it does require something different from you. That's all. And it's not a simple answer. So... We have to understand that any growth, any healing, requires engagement from us. It requires us to move out of our comfort zone. And that's one of the biggest issues, is we do what we do because we know it. We stay in relationships that are unfulfilling because we know them. So that gives us a level of safety. And the truth is that safety in life is an illusion. And we see this time and time again. We've seen it in Neisner the last two days. We've seen it in Cape Town the last two days. We see it every moment of every day that it's an illusion. So how do you choose to live? And if you choose an exceptional life, a life of adventure, a life of exploration, a life of presence, forget about safety. Forget about your comfort zone. And then, to be quite blunt, the biggest fucking orgasm is being alive in every moment and every day and feeling everything that you're feeling. Feeling frustrated, feeling lonely, feeling angry, feeling disconnected, and feeling blissful, feeling ecstatic, feeling (gasps) amazing to be alive. 
because that's all part of it. And the journey into exceptional sex is putting our sexuality into the fullness of ourselves, connecting it to every part of who we are. Not this little box that we take out in very specific circumstances, we use in very limited ways, and then we put it away again. We are sexual and sensual beings every moment of every day. And exceptional sex is not something that just happens in the bedroom. It's about who you are. That's delicious. Thank you. I like it too. Hmm. What's hygrophilia? <laughs> hygrophilia. Hygrophilia. It's one of my favorite things. It's being aroused from bodily fluids and secretions. Sorry, what's secretions? Secretions, um, like vaginal secretions. Joy Is it like juices? Uh, like yes, and <laughs> sperm and semen and jizz and all sorts of wonderful things. I think only a person who can own its own sexuality can say that. <laughs> well, that's hygrophilia, and it's absolutely wonderful. <laughs> It's absolutely right. It's amazing how people will say, wow, you know, a woman squirting is so cool. And then, you know, then you, you, you're like, but I'm not used to getting, being dirty and getting all in, in all with my sexual being. So how do I really, you know, not box it in a good porn movie, but how do I really enjoy it? Yeah, it's a, it's a journey. And again, there's no simple, easy one, two, three answers. Yeah. Forget about that. Forget about the fact that Facebook says, this is how you can do it. Uh, yeah, Cosmo. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ew, don't, whatever Cosmo says about sex, <laughs> put it 180 degrees and you're there. Yeah. Real simple. Tomorrow, have a wonderful day in Israel and have a good Shabbos. Thank you, Levy. And I wish you all so much pleasure. Cliffcentral.com. 